we have the sessions on Wednesday evenings um, weekly and they are ABCs of Marxism. So we've been going through a whole sort of series of topics quite organically. And now we've got to who is Lenin? Miraculously, I think, because it wasn't planned this way. It's actually Lenin's birthday today. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, we're open to suggestions for future topics. So please do tune in again um, for those. Um, so hand it over. So uh, if you want to look in the chat, uh, there's my little sort of history. So uh, thanks for that. My name is Becky. I'm a member of Workers' Liberty as well. I've been for about 13 years. Uh, I am not going to cover quite a lot of the things that have been mentioned, state and revolution, left-wing communism. The thing about Lenin is that his life spans such an important and um, fast-moving period of history. He wrote a lot and a lot of big ideas um, about imperialism, obviously, about what was happening in Russia in 1917 as well. I'm not going to be able to cover all that, so I'm just really going to focus on what is to be done because I read it a couple of years ago and when I read it, I found that it didn't contain anything like what I thought it was going to contain. Um, and I think it's a text that's kind of con it's contributed to quite a lot of popular misunderstandings and myths about Lenin particularly about his, con uh, his concept of party organisation. So what is to be done is used as a text that's supposed to be a kind of founding document, blueprint for all time for how revolutionary parties should organise. And it contributes to a myth that a revolutionary party in that model is some kind of tightly organised, centralised, top-down a secretive organisation, not very democratic, and various versions of the myth um, kind of use that as the so-called original sin for what went wrong with Stalinism, how Russia's 1917 revolution turned into a counter-revolution and um, a, dict a dictatorship. So people kind of read back from what happened, the tragedy of what happened um, with the counter-revolution after the 1917 revolution, people read back from the Stalinist state machine um, as if all of this had its founding document in what is to be done, which Lenin wrote in 1902. So that's how I was kind of, because you can't escape it, that's kind of where I was coming at what is to be done from. Um, and then reading it, kind of, I can understand that some of the language kind of gives rise to some misunderstandings, um, but I was actually struck by how much the opposite of all that it is. So I just wanted to explain a little bit about why. Um, so that's partly the reason for me putting up my little timeline is that far from being a blueprint for some future organisation of uh, state control in Russia, um, you know, this is a document that was written as an internal party um, a contribution to a series of debates within the foundling 
um, you know, the Russian Social Democratic Party as if it, as it was just getting off the ground. So it's very historically situated, and what it's got to say is it's entirely relevant to, to the debates it's engaging with around the time. So it was written in 1902. It was all written ahead of uh, the Second Congress of the Russian Social Democratic Party, which was a Congress that was still attempting to bring that organisation together. And at that time, there wasn't still um, a socialist, revolutionary socialist or social democratic party in Russia um, of any kind of centralised na nature. There were still different groups based in different regions, based around different publications. And the Congress in 1903 was an attempt to, to further unify that that group into something effective that could, could deal with the situations facing autocracy in Russia. So, you know, far from being a blueprint for all time, this is something that's for, for a specific event, engaging with the debates that that event was going to be looking at. And um, it's not, it's no blueprint for, for all time of any description. Um, first of my notes. Um, so social democracy, uh, as I said, there, there was no central social, de social democratic um, party in Russia at all. So people look at uh, extracts from what is to be done that talk about the need for a centralised party. And in that context, they're just completely misunderstanding Lenin's point. His point is simply that to be effective and to make use of the moment facing um, socialists in Russia, they simply need to get some basic um, communication and organisation going between the various social democratic groups. So that's the first point on centralisation. Um, and the second thing uh, you'll see from the, the timeline is that um, social, social democracy in Russia was still a relatively new political current. In the 1860s and 70s, um, you'd had populism, which was more an attempt to rally um, people around the pe around peasant, you know, peasant reform, um, socialism, like agrarian socialism. Um, in fact, Lenin's brother was involved in uh, the populist movement. Lenin was a bit as well. Lenin's brother actually um, was hanged for a, a failed assassination attempt on Tsar Nicholas III. So this was a movement that um, Lenin had engaged with in his early life, um, but also rejected. And, um, and that the, um, the, the kind of Marxist or social democratic movement in Russia had kind of founded itself um, by countering. And, and by the 1880s, Plekhanov, sort of big um, ideological guru for the Russian Social Democratic Party, had managed to sort of um, convince uh, a small but important number of people towards Marxism and away from populism. Um, but it was still a very new political current. It was a current that got a big boost from... Um, uh, an important wave of class struggle in the 1890s in Russia. And it was during that, the 1890s that Lenin um, joined a Marxist circle himself. Um, but 
the ideological debates going on within what is to be done, um, which Lenin is talking about, it, a lot of it is a, is a challenge to so-called economism, or maybe more accurate, accurately it would be described as kind of revisionism, an attempt by some people within the Russian Social Democratic Party to wind back from a kind of revolutionary ideology and, um, and seek to organise workers in a way that would um, make them accommodate more with the capitalist system and the autocracy that they were facing. And um, Lenin just thought, absolutely not. The movement was too new to be kind of messing around with watering down ideas. Um, you know, there, were no, there was no kind of mass groundswell of socialist feeling in Russia that they could just tap into. There was a huge possibility in Russia for creating a socialist current, but only if people were exposed to, to the ideas very clearly. Um, so Lenin was pretty uncompromising in terms of not wanting to dilute what the Russian Social Democratic Labour Party needed to be about. Um, so that's the need for his, that's the reason for his quite uncompromising style of debate um, and why those ideological debates were quite important at that time. Um, but a lot of what, what is to be done is around um, is kind of characterised as Lenin sort of despairing almost about the, the hopes and prospects of uh, working class struggle in Russia and revolutionary um, prospects for Russia. And, um, and that's another one of the myths that kind of surrounds uh, what is to be done and Leninism in general, is that Lenin's really quite down on the prospects of workers' initiative, workers taking ownership over ideas and struggle. Um, there's a, a really famous section in what is to be done about consciousness and spontaneity, where Lenin... Um, talks about how it's important not to bow to uh, spontaneity and uh, talks about the importance of social democrats um, kind of cultivating consciousness amongst workers. Um, so that is often mischaracterised as evidence that Lenin wasn't really in favour of workers taking ownership over struggle, taking ownership over ideas. Um, but I think from the timeline you know, what happened within Russia in a relatively short space of time? You've gone from hardly any um, social democratic or even Marxist thinking of any sort to, you know, in the, in the 60s, 70s, that really wasn't on the map. To by the 1890s, there is a class struggle movement emerging in Russia. There, there, there begins to be um, a social democratic party and, you know, by 1905, there was a revolution in Russia against the Tsarist autocracy. So the whole backdrop that Lenin is writing against is one of huge optimism, uh, a sense of the huge possibilities of the, of the Russian working class, as long as it has got the ideas that it needs to conduct its struggles. So, yeah, the, the idea that Lenin's um, pessimistic about what the working class is capable of achieving I think is quite misplaced and um, is certainly not found in what is to be done.
few other myths that circulate around um, what is to be done. And some of those have been quite usefully dispelled by this lovely book. Can you see this? Uh, which is Lars Lee's uh, Lenin Rediscovered, What is to be Done in Context. Um, so it's massive. I haven't read all that book, but um, it's got a, a new-ish, yeah, a new translation of the text and uses some different words to the common ones that have been circulated in a lot of the academic debates throughout the 20th century. And, uh, and some of that goes some way to kind of almost instantly dispelling some of the nonsense. Um, so uh, one of the... Um, one of the things that gets talked about a lot is um, uh, this idea. There's, there's a word in there that sounds almost identical to conspiratorial. Um, Lars Lee talks about how this idea of um, a conspiratorial party organisation is just almost certainly a lazy translation of a word that doesn't really have a, a direct English equivalent so the Russian words looks a bit like the word conspiratorial. Um, so an easy English translation is to just transfer, translate that into the word conspiratorial. And from then you, you get that picture that Lenin's model of party organisation that he's striving for is something underground and kind of conspiratorial by virtue, as if that's a good thing that it's striving for. Um, but um, Lars Lee says that conspiratorial is not really the sense that he's, he's trying to describe. He's more trying to describe just kind of um, what a... Lenin is trying to describe what a revolutionary party needs to do in order to be effective, given that they are in conditions of czarist autocracy with no political freedom and the rest of it. So there's things like that. Um, another sort of, uh, false translation that gets circulated a lot is the idea of professional revolutionaries. That comes up in section four of what is to be done. And um, again, that's used, this idea that political parties, uh, revolutionary socialist parties, should be uh, made up of professional revolutionaries. Uh, the idea gets used to kind of almost imply that working class people are kind of mostly absent from the political structures, the decision making. Um, it lends itself to a bit of an elitist concept um, of party organisation. You know, a few enlightened workers, uh, or not even workers, a few enlightened intellectuals are going to be studying away, working away, while the masses, in ignorance of all that, are going to be the ones bringing, out, bringing about the revolution. But it's just, it's all a bit of a misnomer. So um, again, uh, Lars Lee says that the translation for that would be more something like um, that revolutionaries should be revolutionaries by trade. So that kind of undoes all this idea of the elitism behind the idea. And again, it's simply um, Lenin's way of trying to describe how revolutionaries need to conduct themselves in that particular place under conditions of autocracy, um, basically just not getting arrested, staying out of prison enough that they can 
continue to forge the organisation they need in order that the masses can be enlightened by the ideas that they need. So, yeah, that's a, co a couple of points of translation. The final bit about the translation, which I love, is this idea um, relating to spontaneity and consciousness. So, um, yeah, we, we hear a lot this idea that um, Lenin, uh, Lenin said that um, he was kind of critical of his opponents that he was writing against because uh, he said that they were advocating that people bow to spontane spontaneity. Um, and yeah, as I've said, this was kind of characterised as if Lenin just mistrusted the masses, didn't take seriously their initiative. Um, but um, the point of translation that Lee makes is that, um, again, there's no real equivalent in English to the word spontaneity. It's, um, it has a particular meaning in English. Spontaneity means something particularly in English, which is kind of kind of got positive connotations and Lenin talking against that almost sounds like he is doing some, you know, he is doing the work as a disservice by suggesting that spontaneity is a bad thing. Um, but the real meaning, if there is one of spontaneity that Lenin is writing against, is something more like knee-jerk or just doing something automatically or unthinkingly. So what Lenin is saying is don't make a virtue of just acting politically but unthinkingly, without consciousness, without, without what he uses, the term he uses is, um, Lars Lee talks more about purposiveness. So on one hand, you've got kind of unthinking, undirected political action. And he's saying that the better alternative to that is so-called conscious political struggle or maybe more accurate, accurately kind of purposive political struggle, like... Um, so I think this is quite, I, this kind of blew my mind when I first heard it. Maybe this is just me. So it, to me, it's just so the opposite of um, the idea you get sold about Lenin. Um, I think this idea of struggling with purposiveness or consciousness, whatever you want to call it, but trying to create a movement that's conscious of its political role, conscious of the possibilities and um, the role it can play in overthrowing Tsarist autocracy, replacing it with a socialist society, you know, what more liberated idea can there be than Lenin thinking that the working class in Russia is capable of building such a movement? I think it's hugely positive about the capabilities of the working class um, and actually quite, um, quite the reverse, quite, quite down on the working class to think that all that the working class in Russia or anywhere is capable of doing is struggling on the immediate economic questions of the day, only struggling over issues that kind of arise, issues of struggle that arise kind of spontaneously within capitalism, within the workplace or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like I've talked for a very long time. I probably haven't, but um, just talking into my screen, uh, I feel like I talked for quite a while, so I probably ought to stop. But um, yeah, that, that's the, the message I wanted to kind of leave it with, is that I think um, the idea of imbuing workers with uh, a political 
sense of their purpose and possibilities is really what what is to be done is about um, about making sure that within Russia they had an organisation that was capable of doing that and that they had organised uh, they had ideas that were sharp enough of being able to to convince people um, and yeah I just think it's it's completely the opposite of all the conspiratorial stuff um, what could be more positive than just talking about ideas and hoping to be able to convince people of them so um, yeah I'll leave it there and uh, hear what you have to say thank you um, there's loads of good books obviously um, Lenin's own um, one of the things I read to remind myself what was going on in preparation for tonight was this Book for this book, if you've not seen it, available on Workers' Liberty's website by our very own Paul Vernadsky, who is, uh, that's an alias, but he's a member of our organisation. Um, so it's about, um, obviously, the history of the Russian Revolution, but it's got quite a lot of interesting stuff about um, the founding of the Russian Social Democratic Party, the different political currents in Russia at the time. Um, yeah, and that, again, sort of, was some way to dispelling the idea of um, how the whole Russian 1917 thing was an undemocratic plot. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, that was all.